All right, it's a Wednesday edition of Locked on Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get podcasts for episodes every day, Monday through Friday. We're going to talk about last night's loss in New Orleans and how it impacts the Warriors in the standings, whether or not Golden State should sign players into their open roster spots and then get into Draymond Green's Defensive Player of the Year case. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are discussing the Warriors' 108-103 to loss to the Pelicans Tuesday night, splitting this back-to-back set in New Orleans, splitting the road trip 2-2 two and two in general, getting into the game a little bit. Steph Curry at 37 points on 13 of 31 shooting, 8 of 20 from three-point range, struggled overall uh, as, this, as fatigue seemed to set in. For the Warriors, Andrew Wiggins had 26 points on 10 of 21 shooting. He's played really well, and he actually had a really nice four-game trip. But those guys didn't get any help from the rest of that roster. Nobody else uh, cracked double-digit points on the team. The other, the, the next highest score was Jordan Poole, who needed nine shots to score nine points. You got Kavan Looney and Michael Mulder putting in eight points apiece. So they didn't get much. It was a rough game for Kent Bazemore, who was two for 10 overall, one for five from three-point range for just uh, uh, five points. He also had two turnovers in the game. Uh, A rough one overall. Uh, Turnovers sank them early on, 18 turnovers total. Uh, The Pelicans scored almost 20 points off of turnovers. Look, it was a tough loss, but not a bad one. Like I said, it, it felt like fatigue set in. On this team, they had a chance. They had a chance to steal this game with the score tied at 92 early in the fourth quarter. Draymond blocked Zion Williamson's layup, made a three-pointer, and then found Kent Bazemore in the corner to give Golden State a three-point lead with two and a half minutes left to go. Uh, but New Orleans responded. Lonzo Ball, who had 33 points on 11 of 23 shooting on the night, made his seventh and final three-pointer of the game. Then made a step-back jumper to give the Pelicans a two-point lead with 25 seconds to go. Steve Kerr calls a timeout. He draws up a play to get Draymond Green a handoff to Steph Curry. Steph gets the ball from Green, launches a three-pointer. It clanks off the front of the rim. Uh, Michael Mulder tried to secure the offensive rebound, but Zion ends up truck-sticking him and grabbing the ball. And uh, Draymond Green uh, uh, commits the clear-path foul, and then it becomes a free-throw game after that. Uh, essentially, that was that was the end of the game. That was the last official possession or, or drawn-up play that the Warriors were able to run. And all the Pelicans closed the game with a 27-10 run. And the Warriors, after the game, claimed, uh, and accurately, I believe, that they just simply ran out of gas. The good news for the Warriors is that that was the last road game of the season. And they end this regular season with six more, um, with six straight home games. So, uh and with that loss, they don't lose their spot as the number eight team in the Western Conference standings, and thereby the 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 eighth the, the number eight spot in in the seven eight game, where all you have to do is win once in order to get into the playoffs. So an updated look at the standings: Phoenix, after last night, is still uh, 
first in the Western Conference. Utah is second in the Western Conference. The Clippers, with their win over Toronto, is third in the Western Conference. And then that's followed by Denver, Dallas, and the Lakers to round out the top six and the teams that don't have to play in the play-in tournament. Then you have Portland there at number seven. Now, Golden State isn't going to—they're not going to be able to catch the Lakers or the Mavericks at, at five or six, but they could still catch Portland. They could. Last night's loss was a tough one, but if they can get their legs back and close out the season strong, they're only three and a half games behind Portland. Portland has not been playing well. I wouldn't give them a great chance to catch Portland. It's still three and a half games is a lot of ground to cover in six games, but if Portland keeps losing and Golden State can can go four and two over that stretch, probably not going to happen, but you never know. Still, you end up with a spot in that 7-8 game uh, and a chance to just play Portland one-on-one. Uh, uh, for a chance to get into the playoffs. Right now, the Warriors uh, are 500 along with Memphis. Memphis is also 500, but the Warriors right now would have the tiebreaker over the Grizzlies. Uh, the, the Grizzlies are a game ahead of San Antonio in ninth place, San Antonio in 10th place. New Orleans, they needed that win to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're at 11th, uh, two games behind the Spurs for that final spot in the play-in tournament as a 10 seed. So, not all bad for the Warriors. You had to at least, if you were Golden State, get that first game split, split that road trip in New Orleans to keep uh, the Pelicans at an arm's distance, and uh, and you still have a chance to end up staying in that 7-8 game, which is ultimately the goal. At the beginning of the road trip, climbing as high as the sixth seed was a possibility. I you You go against four teams, all of whom, four games against teams that are all below 500. So... Not coming away at three and one or even four and zero is tough. I think that you know it was an adequate road trip, but not an over, not not a glowingly successful road trip if you were the Warriors. But still, you come back to Chase Center with a chance uh, to to stay in that seven eight game where you have two chances to win one game and advance into a playoff series. It's time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week in sports. If you think joy only happens when you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes. They don't spend all of their days grinding away. They take the time to enjoy themselves, like having a Michelob Ultra with friends, because they know that what hap- that happiness is the key to winning and not just the end game, but the whole game. And so far this season, the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week has been Steph Curry. Almost every single week, I think, other than maybe a couple. Well, this week, I'm going to change things up a bit, and I'm going with Juan Descano-Anderson. Not just because the on-court celebrations are great. He he hit a corner three-pointer against New Orleans where he's jumping up and down and flexing and doing all these things, and you love to see that. Uh, But after the game, I just... He has been on fire with these quotes recently. And after that first win in New Orleans Monday night... Juan Escano Anderson compared Steph Curry to playing with Steph Curry to fighting alongside Mike Tyson. I mean, if you get into a street fight and you got Mike Tyson standing on the side of you, how you going to feel, you know? So, I mean, that's the best analogy I can give you. Like, he just, he different, man. So that's joy. Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories in my refrigerator right now. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. I want to talk about Draymond Green's Defensive Player of the Year case in a moment, but first, uh, the Warriors are getting some criticism uh, recently for not signing two more players. The Warriors have 13 players under contract. Uh, Two days before the end of the season, or two games before the end of the season, they will have to sign a 14th player in order to be in accordance with the league's 14-player minimum. 
Uh, but you can go two weeks without getting to that 14-player minimum. And so when Gary Payton II's contract expired a couple weeks ago, or, or about a week ago, they decided, you know what, we're just going to leave that 14th spot open. And now they are starting to receive some criticism for not signing those those two players into those two spots. Anthony Slater from The Athletic wrote about this after last night's game, and I think it's worth getting into. It was an interesting angle to take uh, after fatigue had so clearly set in in that loss. And look, I don't know if you had had Gary Payton or another body in there that the Warriors, who have been playing with eight guys over the last few games, where Eric Paschal has been injured, James Wiseman, Kelly, James Wiseman's out for the season, Kelly Oubre probably out for the season, you, uh, Damian Lee is in the health and safety protocol. Kent Bazemore was recently in those health and safety pro- uh, protocols. You're playing with eight guys for so much of the season. Uh, Alan Smilagic is healthy but unplayable. I mean, you just don't have that many bodies. And so on nights like last night, it would have been helpful to have somebody. Now, I don't know if just having another body would have been helpful. But let's say you ended up re-signing Gary Payton II to a rest-of-season contract after his second 10-day deal had expired, that would have been a nice option to have against Lonzo Ball, who uh, went off for those uh, 33 points, 11 for 23 shooting, 7 of 13 from three-point range, was huge in that fourth quarter. Wouldn't it have been nice to have Gary Payton in there, who has changed flows of games with his on-ball defense at that point guard position? He could have been really useful in that game. And in a game where you lose by five, and it was a close game, he could have been the difference. I mean, it was a rough game for Kent Bazemore. He was a minus 14 in that game. Michael Mulder was okay, but not spectacular. Jordan Poole was ineffective as a scorer. It would have been helpful to have Gary Payton. Again, I don't know if you win that game in New Orleans, but he would have been helpful, especially in that fourth quarter. And so I do think that the Warriors deserve their fair share of criticism. And as Slater astutely pointed out in that piece, um... The Warriors have spent over the years. You maxed out Klay Thompson. Trey, uh, got, you, you paid Draymond Green. You're going to be willing to pay Steph Curry whatever it takes. You're, you executed the sign-in trade for D'Angelo Russell in order to keep a max cap slot. Turn that into Andrew Wiggins. You're overpaying for Andrew Wiggins, but you have a good player in Andrew Wiggins, and that was the point of that. Uh, but I do think, and this is the thing that I thought was missed in that piece, that they, they certainly deserve criticism. That Joe Lakeup, uh, has said time and time again that they will spend money if it means that they're going to win. Slater points that out. But what I thought was missed here is that Lakeup only cl- only says that they're going to spend if it means they're going to win. But what does that mean to Joe Lakeup? It means if they're going to win a championship. And you love Joe Lakeup's competitiveness, no doubt about it, right? But... If you're only going to put all the chips in when you're holding aces, I don't know if that sends the right message to the Warriors. I don't know if it sends the right message to Steph and Draymond, who have been playing out of their minds recently, that, hey, we love what you're doing, but you're going to have to do this if you're, every single night if, you're gonna, if we're going to get to the playoffs, and we're not going to give you every resource we have available. And I just think that sends the wrong message because you can't claim if you're the Warriors that you are giving right now Steph Curry every resource available because you have two open roster spots. And on a night like last night which Steph Curry admitted that fatigue had set in and admitted that having a couple extra bodies would have helped, 
You cannot claim that you're giving him every resource. In two years in a row now, they have approached the trade deadline by cutting costs. Last year, you flipped D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. You're not cutting costs in that sense. You're getting a better player, but you didn't cut costs. So granted, that was an improvement on the roster. And that was the main move that they made. But they also cut costs by getting rid of guys like Amari Spellman, uh, Jacob Evans, all these other guys. Not that they were tremendously helpful, but they also went through the rest of the season kind of rotating through 10-day contracts the way that they kind of, that they haven't done to the same extreme this year. But this year, you don't make any moves to improve the team. That it was a board, was a 500 team at best on the on the edge of the playoffs. Like if any team were going to try to make improvements, it's a team like the Warriors that could use an extra boost to get into the postseason. Instead, they don't do anything other than trade Brad Wanamaker and Marquise Chris in order to su- to save some money and cut costs and trim payroll. And I just think in a year where Steph Curry is playing at an MVP level and Draymond Green at a Defensive Player of the Year level, which we'll get to here in a a little bit, they deserve better. They have earned more than that. So we'll see what happens. The Warriors will return to San Francisco. Maybe they have an opportunity to reevaluate themselves. They will have to sign somebody into one of these spots. The, the, The general consensus, belief, is that one of those spots will end up going to Juan Descano Anderson, who has more than earned a regular contract. And granted, there's no reason to convert his two-way deal into a regular roster spot uh, anytime soon because there's no limitations to that two-way deal right now uh, during this season. But the idea is if you can convert him before the end of the year, it just makes it you just lock him up and you don't have to worry about his free agency over the offseason. So I still believe that that's going to happen. That still you'll still have an open roster spot. I don't think that the Warriors need to go so far as to fill two more roster spots. You only have one more back to back this season. I don't know that, and, and all these games are at home, so that should help. But you really should probably go out and sign somebody, another big man, Gary Payton II, anybody else that could be a helpful body for nights like this, because you're not just talking about these six more games. You're talking about potentially getting into the playoffs, and maybe getting through a playoff series. And every resource, every body can help. Coming up, why Draymond Green's defense on Zion the last couple of nights deserves more attention. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. But unlike most protein bars, it actually tastes good, and it's good for you. Built Bar is great for health-conscious men and women, whether you want to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great if you're on the keto or other low-carb diet, and they have nine different flavors available now and always creating and releasing new, exciting flavors. Built Bar has been with us for a long time, and I've been eating Built Bars for a long time, usually in the late afternoon between lunch and dinner. It's a good way to give me the boost I need to finish up my workday, and like I said, Built Bar has been friends of the show for almost a year now, and we appreciate the partnership that we have built. So support the show by supporting those who support us. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off on your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Support for the show also comes from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is making the playoff push and the NHL season and Major League Baseball are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code 
Locked On. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use that promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So this season, we've talked a lot about Steph Curry's MVP case, especially since April. Steph Curry named the Western Conference Player of the Month for that month of April. Unbelievable shooting numbers, historic uh, scoring run for him, more three-pointers than anybody in, in, in a calendar month. He had 96 three-pointers in that game, probably end, in that month, probably ends up with 100 if he doesn't miss that game against Toronto uh, earlier in April. Unbelievable stretch. And it, deserve, and it earned him a lot of of attention and put him in that MVP conversation. And I believe Steph will finish in the top three or four in MVP voting because of that month of April. But Draymond Green had an incredible month of April on the other side of the ball on defense and has not been getting enough attention or credit for what he's been doing on that end and what he's been doing all season on defense. And it's why I think he deserves more attention and deserves to be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, just over these last two games specifically, and what he did guarding Zion should go down as the equivalent of what a 40 or a 50-point game was for Steph Curry over this stretch. Here's what Draymond did against Zion in two games. He held Zion Williamson, who is shooting 61% this season, the most dominant player near the basket uh, in the league right now. Draymond held Zion in two games to 10 of 21 shooting overall which is 47.6%, way below his 61% average. He, commit, he, he forced Zion into five turnovers and blocked two of his shots. What Draymond did against Zion was the reason the Warriors even won a single one of those games, with, with the supporting cast not really giving them as much help as they needed, especially on offense. And so Draymond, what he did against Zion, there's nobody else in the league that you would rather uh, have defending Zion. Zion might be first-team All-NBA this year. I mean, he's been that good. Okay, uh, and Draymond didn't render him ineffective, but did the best job that I've seen anybody do on him all season long. So going bigger picture here, zooming out to Draymond's season, 538's uh, defensive Raptor rating ranks Draymond Green 10th in the NBA, the 10th best defender in the NBA. That's with other guys like Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Bam Adebayo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, all guys who are a part, and rightfully so, of the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. But I don't hear Draymond Green's name come up very often. Why do you think the Warriors have managed to be a top 10 defense for most of the season? Why do you think the Warriors right now are sixth in the NBA in defensive rating? It's because of Draymond Green. As much as the supporting cast has fluctuated, Right? Kelly Oubre in and out. James Wiseman in and out. You end up starting Kevon Looney at center, who's been tremendously helpful. But who's the elite defender on that team? It's Draymond Green, and that's really it. Andrew Wiggins has been solid. He's better on the ball than he is off the ball. Maybe a little bit overstated how good he is uh, overall on defense. Like I said, on the ball, he's a stopper. Off the ball, he still gets beat back door and things like that. But Draymond Green is very much the quarterback of that defense. Very much keeping guys uh, in the right place. And, and communicating in a way that has lifted that unit. And what he did, not only against Zion, but in breaking up, in breaking up New Orleans' actions early on in possessions, the same way that he's done all season long, it has earned him that kind of credit. So I mentioned Steph Curry's month of April. Let's take a look at Draymond Green's month of April on the defensive end. Since the start, 
averaging 8.6 rebounds per game, 2.2 steals per game, and one block per game. Those are awesome numbers. And those are just the raw stats. And we know that Draymond Green, his impact can't be measured in box score stats. We know this about Draymond. He is as good defensively, I think, as he's ever been. Or darn near close to it. He is a former Defensive Player of the Year. He should be get he should be in the conversation the same way that Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Matisse Thybul, Giannis, Bam, all these guys. He should be in that conversation, and he shouldn't be at the end of that list. Draymond Green has a real claim to Defensive Player of the Year, just like Steph has a real claim to MVP. If the Warriors were better, those two guys would have a better shot at taking home those awards this season. Unfortunately, the Warriors are not that much better. They're a 500 team, and players on 500 teams typically don't win those kinds of awards. But just let's just take an appreciation, take a moment to appreciate what those guys have done this year and the fact that they're still very much at, at, at the peak of their powers. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Now get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.